0: Well folks, Gerry Adams here and just reflecting in the time that's in it, on the anniversary of the death of our friend Kieran Doherty, who died on the 2nd of August. And you know, normally August is the time when Sinn Féin holds our national commemoration in remembrance of all the 1981 hunger strikers and of Michael Gahan and Frank Stagg, who died in prisons in England. However, this year the pandemic has made that impossible. And like so many other events, this year's commemoration will be held online. So if you hold on to the end of this podcast, I give you the links. Uh, the organisers are to be commended for their efforts and for their ingenuity. All of these events have been Tremendous celebrations with a combination of music and song and poetry and news footage of the time and interviews with friends and relatives and comrades to create very informative and uplifting productions. And all the memories come flooding back. The Pramana South by election, my first election. And then the wonderful victory that the people of that historic constituency created when they elected Bobby Sands MP. Then Bobby's death, his funeral. And then the others, Francis and Raymond and Patsy and Joe and Martin and Kevin, Kieron, Tom McElwee and Mickey Devine. And Later in June, 81, when Kieran Dock and Paddy Agnew were elected as the first TDs of our generation of Republicans. All the marches, the protests, the funerals, the confrontation with the British state forces. The attack on Joe MacDonald's funeral. The plastic bullet deaths and all against the backdrop of a small number of courageous and amazing human beings taking on the criminalization and demonization policy of the Thatcher government. You know prison struggles have always been a very important part of the story of our long struggle for freedom and independence. Way back from the 1798 rebellion to the Young Irelanders Van Diemen's Land in Australia, the Fenian prisoners driven mad by horrendous conditions in English prisons in the 1880s, on to the 1916 rising, Kilmainham, the prisons and the prison camps in Ireland, England and Wales, and the prison ships also, and the blanket protests of the H-blocks, of Nafir Plod, and the Munraa, in and Ardwaha, the women, the Armagh women who stood up against that awful regime and then the 1980 and then to the 1981 hunger strikes. Watershed moments in this phase of our struggle and of modern Irish history. You know regrettably but there's always been those in the media and the political establishment on this island who have enthusiastically joined the chorus of vilification, of condemnation, of demonisation of Republicans by the British establishment, and that's because it serves their narrow self-interest. And you know, in particular, the the use of abusive and sectarian language of describing political opponents as less than human, was used for generations by the old Unionist regime in order to justify discrimination and repression against nationalists. And it's always been a fundamental part of the counterinsurgency strategy of success of British and Irish governments to defeat republicanism. And the, the use of, of this sort of racist language to dehumanise people has been used consciously to excuse and to justify slavery, the exploitation all over the world of native peoples, of women, and the ill-treatment and abuse of others. The English media of the 19th century regularly pictured the Irish as ape-like. One punch satirist, and I use that word advisedly, described the Irish who fled to England after the Great Hunger and I quote, as a creature manifestly between the gorilla and the Negro, which sometimes sallies forth in states of excitement and attacks civilised human beings that have provoked its fury. For centuries the Irish were depicted as brutish, as drunkards and as stupid. And the poverty and the destitution and the forced emigration and the cyclical Food failures were blamed on the Irish character not on British colonialism. The recent years of conflict saw British cartoonists and newspapers repeat this racism. In the 1980s one writer in a mainstream British newspaper described the Irish as extremely violent bloody minded always fighting, drinking enormous amounts, getting roaring drunk and that They tended to look rather like apes, though that's rather hard luck on the apes. And even today there are some in the media and academia and in the political establishments who believe it's still okay to use degrading and insulting language when describing Sinn Féin and our voters. A column last week in the Irish Times about the need to detoxify Sinn Féin and if the party needing to be house-trained is a recent example. And it's at times like that that the heroism of the hunger strikers, that the words and deeds of Bobby Sands, of Kieran Doherty and their comrades of Myriad Farrell and hundreds of others shine through. So on Saturday evening as you sit down to watch the twenty twenty National Hunger Strike Commemoration on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, remember the courage of Kieran Doherty. And his comrades. Thirty-nine years ago, at around seven fifteen p.m. on the evening of August the second, Big Doc died. He'd been on hunger strike seventy-three days. He was just twenty-five years old. Kieran was first arrested as a seventeen-year-old and interned. He spent seven of the last ten years of his life in prison. His remains arrived at the family home at Camita Drive in Andersonstown in the early hours of the following morning. Two days later, thousands followed his cortege to the Republican plot in Milltown Cemetery where he was led beside Bobby Sands and Joe McDonnell. I knew Big Doc. The last time I met him was a few days before he died. I was visiting the prison hospital, along with Owen Caron and was Ruddy to speak to the hunger strikers. And after speaking to Tom McElwee and Lorne McKeown, Matt Dablin and others, I walked into Big Doc's cell. He was too weak to come out and join the others to meet with us. Here in the prison cell, he was a shadow of himself. Doc was propped up on one elbow, his eyes unseen. He looked massive in his gauntness as his eyes, fierce in their quiet defence, scanned my face. I spoke to him quietly and slowly. I sat on the side of his bed. I told him that he would soon be dead and that if he wanted I would leave the blocks and announce that the hunger strike was over. And he paused momentarily and he said, we haven't got our five demands, and that's the only way I'm coming off. Too much suffered for too long. Too many good men dead. Thatcher can't break us. Lan or I, I'm not a criminal. And after that, we talked quietly for a few minutes. As I left the cell, we shook hands, an old attorney's handshake, firm and strong. Thanks for coming in, he said. I'm glad we had that we yarn. Tell everyone, all the lads, I was asking for them. And he continued to grip my hand. Don't worry. We'll get our five demands. We'll break Thatcher. Lan or I. For too long, our people have been broken. The Free Staters, the Church, the SDLP. We won't be broken. We'll get our five demands. If I'm dead, well, the others will have them. I don't want to die, but that's up to the Brits. They think they can break us. Well, they can't. Chucky, our law. Big Doc was right. Thatcher was beaten. The political prisoners won their five demands. And today, because of their self-sacrifice and not of countless others, Sinn Féin is the largest party on the island of Ireland. So we won't... Allow anyone to de-legitimatize or to criminalize the hunger strikers, or our struggle. Kieran put it well. In those final moments before we parted, Lan Hurrah, he said, "Go ahead." So, my friends, the links to the online commemorations are wwwfacebookcom forward slash Féin www.twitter.com forward slash Sinn Féin Ireland, www.sinnféin.ie and www.youtube.com forward slash Sinn Féin Ireland. Good and Ta Lipsha.